Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. When a black baby is born to white parents, a family is torn apart as secrets are revealed and love is tested and the legacy of racism hits home. The film is called Downing Thomas, and it is an award-winning film. It's won um, at a number of festivals, including uh, for Best Screenplay, Best Actor, and Audience Award, Best First Feature. And it will be rolling out here in Los Angeles for a theatrical run on Friday, October 11th. And we're joined today by the co-writer, producer, director, and lead in the film, and that would be Will McFadden. Will McFadden, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much. I'm really glad to be here. Thank you so much for being here as well. This is a film that could have gone off the rails pretty darn easily. <laughs> and in terms of just the, the story itself, the storyline, and the way that it was sort of plays out, not only in the sort of the big picture, but also in the small moments of the film. And I thought it was just a, a interesting idea. Uh, and the, again, uh, sort of a, a white, apparently white couple having... Uh, a, what appears appears to be a black, an African American baby. So that's the that's the premise. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about where the story came from. Well, it has been fun because it took many years to actually make the movie. So uh, just when people ask, you know, what's what's your movie about? Uh, to be able to just give that synopsis that you just did, you know, it's it's uh, a white couple gives birth to a black baby, and it's <laughs> always interesting to to see people's reaction. There's always uh, it's it's quite a range of reactions, not something you're used to hearing about. So, um, you know, some people will say, oh, so it's a comedy, or, oh, he, he, she cheated on him, or, oh, so it's it's aliens, or what happened, you know? So you get a whole range of things. Um, but uh, the movie started, the idea for the film started uh, with me and one of my best friends, uh, Joseph Campbell, who is really the co-creator and my partner on the project. Um, we were on the basketball court, and he he asked, you know, well, you, you know how my father died, right? And uh, I knew Joe's biological father died when he was young, and Joe was raised by a stepfather, but um, I actually didn't know how he died. And he proceeded to tell me, matter-of-factly, this story about his father on business in Colorado, and he was out for a run, and he didn't have his identification on him. He got stopped by the cops, uh, some white police officers, who basically picked him up and told him he was in the wrong part of town and drove him somewhere else and dropped him off. And he made his way back to kind of where he was, and he saw the same two cops again. This time, it became physical, and he was you know, put in a chokehold, and he blacked out, and he never woke up. And I was horrified, obviously, and um, I am uh, the son of of two attorneys from D.C. and um, of, uh, you know, coming from a place of privilege. And my reaction was, you know, what happened with the investigation? What happened to the cops? And he kind of gently explained to me that nothing happened, and that was the end of the story. It was the dead black man's version versus the uh, version the police were telling. And it was all very murky and 
and pretty upsetting. But um, that became the seed of the story that uh, eventually became very much about um, this couple and their best friend and um, a way to examine those relationships and the idea of trust and also look at um, a particular kind of racism that is, is in America today, right now. That's, that's kind of where it all started. That was the jumping off point. Yeah, I'm just going to make an editorial comment here, and that the story of Joseph's father, it, it just, it's so disheartening and infuriating. And the sad fact is we'll never, ever, ever know how common or uncommon, but I fear more common than, than we'll ever really truly know. And well, it's interesting you say that because, as you know, it became a phenomenon because it started to be uh, recorded on cell phones. You know, this story of Joe's father is, is, like you said, not uncommon, but just was not documented nearly as much as it has been in uh, the past few years. So, yeah. you know, it took many, many years to bring the film to fruition. And sadly, in many ways, it just became more and more and more timely. Yeah. And, um, you know, people were always telling us, like, oh, you got to get your movie out there. It's, you know, you're going to miss the window. It's going to be too late. You know, matter of fact, we had a script that was being passed around all the way back before Obama was elected the first time. This and script. Someone said to us. The script. This script. Yeah, yeah, a version of the script. And, and someone said to us, it's a shame you couldn't get your movie made. It would have been so relevant, but now we're post racial. And, you know, I don't even have to tell you the rest of that that's, story. So, uh... I, you know, for me, it is it is the seed of the whole story, and it's really the reason why we started and the reason why we finished, because it came from a very specific emotional place. And it's not a coincidence that Joseph Campbell lives in Australia now, and he's raising his mixed-race children over there. And it breaks my heart that he feels safer for his kids in Australia than he does in the United States. Yeah. The the picture that Melora Walters uses in the film, that's actually Joe's father. And I kept that with me for the shoot. Um, she pulls out a picture at some point, not to give too much away, right. but I didn't give too much away. No, but a... <laughs> it was definitely a driving force. Well, let, let's talk about the different aspects of the of the film and the production, and we'll get to that in a, in a few minutes, but... Uh, what makes this film again? It sort of elevates this the story and all of the dramatic possibilities in the film. Is that uh, you, as Tom and Jen, have just had uh, a baby? There's an incident at the very beginning of the film, and because of that, you are not. Jen is pregnant, and in the sort of hubbub of what happens at the beginning of the film, you're not there when your baby is born so you arrive after the fact and it's at that point i believe that we meet ron or did we see i'm trying to remember if we see ron before we see him at the yeah well it's yeah. done um stylistically like i think you see a bit of that scene right up front but yeah we meet him but he he happens to be the one that steps in in um, that's right. an emergency and helps her get to the hospital, so he's there. That's right. And Ron is, is uh, played by Jamie Hector, and he is he's an African-American, and he takes yes. your, your wife to the hospital, and it's at that point that you get to the hospital sometime later. So this best friend of yours, Ron, is African-American, 
So that is the sort of the the seed of a lot of distrust, paranoia, uh, racial tension, yeah. doubt, the doubting Thomas right. part. All of these things come from. Go ahead. I'm I'm sort of hijacking the story here. So. Uh, well, no, I mean that's definitely you know a difficult part of the premise because a lot of people just say, well, you know, he, he clearly slept with your wife, you know, it's right in front of you. And some people are scared to say it that bluntly for seeming possibly uh, racist. But, um, you know, he's he's very close with the two of them in the couple. Spends a lot of time with both of them. He's really great with the ladies. He's a really charming, handsome guy and um, has more access than anyone would to my character's wife but you know for me that was a real challenge for for jamie and myself to to have you believe that you know it actually wouldn't even occur to tom right that's the nature of their friendship right you know he might say to 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 ron like we got to go find the guy (laughs) who who uh slept with my wife you know if it got to that but it doesn't even occur to him until the seed is planted by, um, well, the situation, and then just from the outside, yes. from other people. Yeah, the film from that point forward is is uh, shadowed by assumptions, assumptions by, by most people watching the film. Right. So, and that's the nature of what makes this such an interesting film, is that. As you're watching it, as I'm just going to speak for on my for myself here, watching it when the when that in, initial part of the film we see this African American baby, I I'm thinking, well, this is this is almost too obvious. I mean, that, that really can't right. be what right. what I'm what I'm seeing is not really going to happen. But it's a I think this is a testament to the film and to you as a director in that you're able to keep all possibilities alive even though we're in on the inside we see the the re- we see the nature of the relationship between Ron and Jen enough to where we, it doesn't it seems less likely right. but at the same time this film holds out the possibility that anything is possible and and then right. and then you're right. running into your own sort of am i being is what is my racial bias here while i'm watching this like you're, at least for me, questioning my own racial, my 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 uh, data set of racial. Well, and and everyone does. You kind of have to if you go on the ride. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, there's no way you can't imagine. Well, what would I do? Yes. If I, you know, if you're a parent, if you ever thought about, it, or even if you're not, you know, we, you know, as an actor, you put you imagine all kinds of given circumstances, and and uh, you, you know, there's no way you can't not kind of wonder uh how you would proceed so it it's the best part of the movie for me is seeing other people deal with that struggle with that uh come to their own realizations and questions and have conversations that keep going for many many days right after with the people they see it with or um you know certain revelations they they make about their own thoughts that they've had. And um, yeah. it's it's if it can give people a jumping-off point to deal with that, yeah. then 
it's a success for us. And uh, that's definitely a, a positive from it. Well, you've been in a number of film festivals with Downing Thomas. And so I'm sure you've heard the spectrum of reactions across the the, uh, the board. We have. It's been fascinating. I mean, we, we did L.A. first and then uh, Jersey City and then Dead Center. So we did the two coasts in the middle in Wichita, Kansas, Tallgrass. And then we've had various screenings as well. We screened it um, on Martha's Vineyard twice last summer at the at the Vineyard Film Center. We packed... Uh, we had two sold-out screenings, and the talkbacks, I think just about everybody stayed. Um, they said they've never seen that many people stay. Because people want to and kind of need to digest it. It it kind of sits with you and stirs some things. People want to talk about it. So it's always fascinating. And, uh, you know, for instance, the Martha's Vineyard crowd was primarily a, a white audience. We just screened it. Uh, Jamie and I just were in Brooklyn, last weekend and it was 99% black people in the audience and uh, it's a wildly different experience <laughs> with, with those audiences you know white people you might hear some nervous laughter but are not as comfortable laughing at certain things in the film that the black audience was yeah it's just been fascinating it's just been really um, illuminating and it's just it's just starting you know yeah. and the idea hopefully is to to get these conversations about race to happen cross-racially. Because I think we talk about race a lot. We rarely get the opportunity to do it with and, and across with other races. That being said, it is also very much for white people who think of themselves as very open-minded and not racist at all. And it's something for white people to deal with themselves and with each other. So, right, um, right. Yeah, we're really excited. Yeah, you should be. To get out in the world. <laughs> yeah, well, I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with Will McFadden. He is the writer, director, co producer of the film Doubting Thomas, as well as the lead actor. And he is, in fact, Thomas in the film. And, uh, and this, I'm going to go back to sort of because the opening 10 minutes are really what sets the tone for the entire film. And that is in the moment when. When Tom realizes when he when he's with his wife after she's given birth and and he wants to see his young son Liam uh, brought in and so this is where you as an actor and I, this is where I want to get to the question of being in, in front of a camera and behind the camera but I also want to talk about our sort of expectations for the film too in this in this moment because this is a this is one of the biggest moments if not the biggest moment in many people's lives is the, the moment they see their child for the mm. first time, right? Yeah. So, you're, yeah. so your ability to kind of be excited, you know, obviously you're, you're, there's a sort of a little bit of a, uh, emotional uh, hesitation because you weren't there when the baby was born, but you're here now and you're ready and you can't wait. And then there's a sort of, are we going to get to see the baby right away? And then, it's brought, and then the baby's brought out to you. And that that is that's tough. And 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 part of what I was going through my mind is is the question whether or not your your wife had an affair, or that it's a black baby. Is is that are those the two are those two which is which is yeah you know how do you prioritize that yeah how do you happening yeah things for the character in that moment yeah and. He's just trying to get his bearings. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think it's just for me, it was the most challenging and enjoyable uh, moment as an actor that I was able to give myself. And, um, you know, it's like you said, it's something you've, you've been building towards uh, for the longest time. And yeah, I think, you know, that that moment was really, really fun to play. And uh, I, I just had a great assistant director, Tony O'Brien and DP Phil Parmet, uh, who created just a great environment for me as an actor and all the actors really who helped do that. So, yeah, yeah, that's that great. So it's just as a, yeah, as a director, putting yourself in that situation and being a, I'm obviously anytime you're in a scene as an actor, you're trusting the people around you. That just goes without saying. That's part of the part mm-hmm. of the gig. But uh, what were the challenges for you uh, as a filmmaker, as a director, and the producer as well, to be on both sides of the camera? Well, what was your sort it was of challenging? Time? It yeah. was definitely challenging. I mean. I came at it from an actor. I, I started as an actor who wrote a script. And then I had a good friend, dear friend, who produced the movie from start to finish, Casey Morris, who said she wants to produce it. Uh, I said, great, you know, tell me when to show up. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's do it. I don't know how these things work as an actor. Uh, I have no idea what the, the process is like getting to that starting line. And it took many, many years. We've met with many, many different people, directors, actors, financers, producers. You know, it was a long, long process. If somebody had told me how long it would take, I probably never would have tried. So I'm glad I didn't know when I when I started out. But uh, for me, yeah, I, I'm coming at it. At some point, I really had to just say, okay, I'm now going to focus on being an actor in this movie. And my... Uh, participation was really about that. And that was not easy because I, I think I heard one producer at a, an indie film screen, it was another one of Sarah Butler's movies, say that his, his, he really looked at his job as a producer as, you know, he knew just how fragile things were just hanging on by a thread. And he kept that from the actors so they could do their, their best work. And I definitely knew how fragile everything was every second, <laughs> but had to remain focused. And um, that was that was definitely challenging. Yeah. Well, I it's funny because I mean on this show we interview a lot of indie film directors. In fact, that's primarily indie film, documentary, or foreign film, or or just indie films. And I I've asked that question about being in front of the camera and behind the camera at this in the same project and. It's pretty much the last person who I asked that of said, you have no idea how hard it is or, or something along, say, along the lines of, if you're thinking about doing it, don't. <laughs> something like no, that. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, and, and really, you know, for me, I, I, I wanted it and needed it to be a very collaborative, yeah. you know, effort with, and, and that, you know, I was, I was very fortunate. Yeah. Well, I, I, in the last couple of minutes, I do want to talk a little bit about the cast. Sarah Butler, who has a very difficult role to play in all of this, is sort of uh, not knowing, n- knowing full well that, no, I can't say too much. I don't want to say too much because it'll give us too much of the story away. Right. But right. She, she has, she has a, she, it's, it's a, 
fine line that she walks in the film. And her anger is justified. Her righteous indignation is justified. But she's also the ability to convey an intimacy with Tom that uh, she, she does a wonderful job with that. And, and I mentioned Jamie Hector earlier, and I, I, I want to go back to him because obviously he's a hugely important character in this sort of triangle of people. And, and his ability to be sort of his uh, clear-eyed as a friend and as, as also mm-hmm. a business right. partner, and he's, he's, very, he's very grounded. And I like that about him right. as a character. And, right. and generally so is Tom. He's a grounded guy. He wants to believe all of the right, quote-unquote, right things about what's happening. Mm. It's what his brain is telling him when apparently what his eyes are telling him. Or it's just, there's <laughs> a very different, inter, you know, it's, it's, it, he, it's a very difficult role. Stuff, of course, I knew him from The Wire before I met him. And um, it was a really humbling experience for me to have written a script and, Marlowe from The Wire wanted to uh, to talk to me about it. Uh, and we became friends over the phone. He would call me from New York, and we worked on those parts together uh, for a really long time before we ever got to set. Yeah. Uh, and and actually, you know, it's a rare thing today to become friends over the phone, but we we did really, we had a bond before we even met. And um, he really helped make the whole thing happen. And what he's able to do in this film is take what is a cliche character, uh, something we've seen before, which is the black best friend. Yeah. And not only just elevate that, but uh, flip it. It's not, you know, I think without giving too much away again, but um, it's, it's not, the normal um, resolution yeah. of that relation, that uh, particular relationship. Right. Um, right. But you, you just said so much there, and I have to talk about Sarah too, because there's no one who sees the film that can't mention her. I mean, she's incredible in this movie, and uh, people should see it just for her performance. Yeah. Uh, she's amazing. Yeah, that, and, no, you're um, absolutely right. It well, she's just awesome. Yeah, my congratulations again on the film. It it is. Uh, there's a lot here. And there's and 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 it in many ways it's it's sort of is when you know the storyline when you know what sort of oh this is going to be interesting it it really actually exceeds your expectations and I and oh, I thank you so much yeah and I, I my yeah my congratulations to you as well uh, the film again is called Doubting Thomas and it is opening here in Los Angeles at the Arena Cine Lounge in in Hollywood uh, are you in town for a Q and A for that. I am, yes. There'll be a number of events around it from the 11th through the 17th, and that's all happening at Arena Center Lounge. But also on VOD is uh, the release uh, as a Gravitas picture uh, on the 15th of October. So you can pre-order it soon, um, and it'll be out on the 15th of October on VOD. And you can follow us uh, at DoubtingThomasMovie.com, DoubtingMovie is the Twitter handle, and we're also on Instagram, Doubting Thomas Movie. Fantastic. And we're on Facebook. <laughs> and Facebook, right. Well, congratulations, uh, Will McFadden, for your work here as uh, not just the lead actor in the film, but also as the writer, co-writer, producer, and director of Doubting Thomas. And thank you so much for being here on Film School Radio. It was my pleasure. Thank you. 
You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. 